Hello, everybody. Mary Davidson here, co-host of the Better Events Podcast. Are you leading conversations with tangible ways to support each other? What are you doing to continue to build relationships with those you have networked with? Could connecting with your direct competition help you both grow your businesses? We will address these questions and more in today's episode all about how to build your network in the event industry. So here we go. Welcome to the Better Events Podcast. Join two event strategists, Logan Clements and Mary Davidson, who believe we can all create, host, and attend better events. In this podcast, you will learn about event strategy and actions that you can use today as an event host, planner, or manager. Hear directly from the people who are creating innovative and inspiring events today and tomorrow, and grow your business along the way. Now, let's get started, and thanks for listening to the Better Events Podcast. Hi, friends. Welcome back to another episode of the Better Events Podcast. I'm Logan Clements, one of your co-hosts, and we are so excited for this week's episode. Oh, Mary, I always say excited, but it's a genuine feeling of excitement that we're back with another episode. And before we jump into our conversation about building your network in the event industry, we did want to give a special listener shout out to Joseph who sent us a very nice note about our podcast that we wanted to share with all of you guys, because again, we love the feedback. Uh, Joseph said, I love listening to your podcast. The amount of knowledge I've learned this summer about events is unbelievable. I'm going to be a senior in college studying marketing and international business and love the event industry. This podcast has given me the confidence to host better events with two exclamation points. We love it, Joseph. I just made it to episode 50 in about two to three weeks. I've been binging the show and can't get enough. Uh, Joseph, Ooh. thank you so much. I know, Thanks, Mary. Joseph, what are the feelings right now? Mine feels really great, and I love, I love to hear that you're binging this, Joseph. That just feels special. Something about a good binge. So, thank you for that. Well, you know, I think we always just wanted it to be bingeable. That you can go back yeah. and listen to past episodes. A lot of them are very evergreen. So, if you are a new listener, we do encourage you to. Be like Joseph, go back and listen to some old episodes uh, because they continue to have little little grains of knowledge that you can use even today. Um, but thinking about the future, Mary, I just wanted to uh, just to ask you, what do you think you're going to be doing March 2023? March 2023. Wow, Logan, that seems so far away, but it's going to be, you know, a really great time because we are planning the Event Pros on the Go 2023 retreat that is happening at the end of March. To early April. Um, this is something that we would love to invite you listeners to. So please reach out to bettereventspod at gmail.com to learn more. We can get you on the list and send you itinerary information. But basically, this is for groups of event professionals to gather and network and build your network, just like what we're talking about today. But not only that, to be able to see really cool places. So imagine like a fam trip, but a little more uh, advanced than that with a really curated group of people. And so it's going to be awesome. Reach out. Love to share more information. So that's what I'm doing March 2023. And Logan, I hope you're coming with me. Yeah, I know. I'm excited. I, if you want to join, just send us an email at bettereventspod at gmail.com and Mary can get you all of that lovely information that's similar to Joseph's comment. You can continue to learn and grow and create better events. Um, but let's jump into today's topic where we're talking about how you build your network in the event industry. And Mary, do you want to tell our listeners kind of why we picked this topic? Yeah, definitely. So um, as you've noticed from the title, we're talking about building your network and that is so important. And it can kind of suck at times. Like, let's be honest, it can be hard. It can be challenging. Networking is known to be kind of challenging. And so we just want to talk about it. And for one, I actually really enjoy 
the act of building my network. Like I, I just, I'm excited to talk about it because there's a lot I feel like I've learned and that I have to say. And so that's why we chose this topic for today. I also would say that I do believe that there might be kind of like a right and a wrong way to go about it. Um, a lot of which I think is based off the goals for pursuing building your network. And so, yeah, let's, let's chat, let's get into it. Yeah. So I think our first, we always, again, like to go big picture when we start these discussions. So let's talk about Mary, what's the difference between networking and building your network? So my initial reaction is like, they're the same, but I think, I think in reality, um, building your network to me means like creating power partners and partnerships for you as a business owner, um, with someone or some company that will help grow your business and in return, you'll help grow theirs. So that's what building a network seems to be to me. So not only that, but also people that you can rely on. Maybe that's a vendor. Maybe it is somebody who will bring you business. Just anything that kind of builds your credibility as a business owner. To me, that's building your network. And networking kind of feels like the maybe the, the act of doing that. I don't know. Like you got to have that conversation with that person to build that relationship. That's the networking piece. But the goal is to build your network. So that's what I think. What about you? Yeah, I I think we wanted to ask this question because I think networking gets a bad rap. A lot of people, especially myself, I mean, I know I don't love going to networking events. That's not something that I personally enjoy, which is surprising as an extrovert, but I just feel like it's I get anxious about it. And so the main thing, again, this episode is we're talking about building your network. Some of it, yes, is can be perceived as like direct networking. And I agree with all of your definitions of it, Mary. Um, but also thinking about building your network as kind of a larger strategy, both no matter if you're owning a business, running a business, or if you're an employee who works for a business. I mean, I think you should constantly be thinking about your network and people you know. And I've, you probably have heard this. I got this advice, I feel like, from my dad back in college, that it really was about who you know. Um, but the cool parts that I think we're going to dive in today are some specific examples that some networks you might naturally already have, but how you can continue to cultivate it no matter where you are in your career and some of the positives that come from it. And I have to say, like with what you just said for for your dad's awesome advice, it's about who you know. I have heard, I feel like I've had people tell me that my whole life as well. And it's always been like something that wasn't tangible for me. It's like, yeah, well, but I don't know them. So what are you saying? Like, what am I supposed to do? And and I never really perceived that as being like, you're creating those connections. I always thought it was just like the people you have in your back pocket naturally. But a lot of those are not natural connections. Like you got to make them happen. And so anyway, I thought that was interesting. Yeah. And I think before we jump into some examples and you know suggestions for our listeners about ways they can build their network from our experience, you had mentioned, Mary, that there was like a right and a wrong way to go about building your network or networking. So I'd love to dive into that a little bit. Like, what do you think you talked about goals and it really depends on what goals you have for networking. So what are some examples of goals someone might have for doing it the right way? I think going into a conversation with someone with the in the intent to well, the hopes to learn more about them because you want to add them to your list of resources or your network. Um, so I do think that there's a lot of power in going into conversations prepared like for that. So having a goal behind it, um, like it's to me, I mean, I'm kind of speaking personally, like when I go into a conversation and I'm just like, let's chat. That's not how I prefer to build a network. Now, I know some people really prefer to do it that way. So just sharing what works for me. But I like to go on and say, okay, this person 
um, is a potential vendor, they're a photographer. So they're like involved in the event industry. So I'm going to have this conversation with them. And yeah, we're going to get to know each other because we want to see if we would work well together. And that's where the conversation comes in. But also, I want to make sure that they're someone who I could see myself working with. I like their style. Their their budget fits what my clients would pay. So I need to ask some of those hard questions also. And then I would love to give them an idea of how they could work with me if they're interested. So like the, those to me feel like a lot of goals surrounding going into a conversation. You're going in expecting or hoping for an outcome kind of. Mm. And I almost feel weird saying that. It almost feels a little icky because it's like you're going in hoping to get something in return. And I think we should kind of talk more about that. But those are my initial thoughts to answer your question. I think that there are goals that need to be had when you go into those conversations. But what do you think, Logan? Yeah, I think you've the takeaway right there. Yeah, you need a goal when you're in going into an interaction. And I think you, you mentioned it's kind of icky to have a to, you know, get something out of it. But I think you're also coming to it where you're giving something as well. So it's not so one-sided where you're offering, which I think is the right way to go about when you're trying to build your network. Um, I also think there, it sounds like you mentioned like doing your homework. That's another big one that I think if you're going to network the right way, knowing the context, having done the research, I have a gender neutral name of Logan. And so when I get cold outreaches from people where they say, Mr. Logan Clements, I, I, at this point, I kind of laugh about it, but it's obviously like you didn't do your homework. You haven't looked and, you know, tried to look up my company. Uh, I have loganstrategygroup.com. You can see a big picture of me right there and you can tell that, you know, I am female Logan. Um, so just some of those little things are knowing how to, pr- you know, pronounce someone's name or like you're saying, Mary, just correctly, you know, figuring out where they are in the industry and not trying to miss, um, you know, mislabel them or something like that. So I feel like those are two big ones of just do your homework and like you're saying, have a goal when you're going into it. Because uh, I agree with you. I think some of the general, if if you just are trying to reach out to someone, it's just, just let's chat. That makes it really hard because you're not helping lead that person, which I'll shout out our one of our past episodes of, and we'll link to it in the show notes of how to ask better questions with Jen Mueller has a lot of this that is really helpful. And I think we talked to her about networking, right, Mary? That was, that came Mm -hmm. up a little bit. Um, But how as a good host or like initiator of the conversation, you need to kind of lead them where you want them to go. And just saying, let's chat. You're probably not going to get what you actually want out of that conversation because it's almost too broad or you might not even hear anything back. So um, yeah. I feel like that can just help steer you um, if you're looking to figure out to do the right way of building your network. I definitely agree. And also when thinking of like maybe like interactions when I felt like it has been like a wrong way to go about it just to, you know, additionally paint a picture. Um, I think it's really powerful to to build a network of people that are in your industry Um now, maybe this depends, but we're talking, you know, this is an events podcast. So we're talking about the events industry. And I was part of a networking group that was like, like, very broad, like all industries were invited to be a part of it. And it was really appealing to me because in my mind, I was like, well, all of these people, you know, there's accountants, there's plumbers, there's lawyers, there's interior designers, like all of these people work with people who could bring me business or maybe their businesses want to do a corporate event and maybe they'll bring me business. Um, But in reality, that group is like super unsuccessful for me. And I'm not saying that will be the case for everyone, but for me, like really honing in on like an industry specific group has been way, way more worth my while 
than keeping it so broad. Those have made supernatural power partners. So anyway, that's just something else that I wanted to to add about that. But I think there's lots of ways that you can go about building your network. So we should kind of share maybe, Logan, some of our examples and how we go about building our network. So yeah, I go first. Yeah. And I think before we jump into it, I know my dad always mentioned it to you now, and there is like a level of privilege that comes with that. And there's certain, I saw a great social media post that was listing all these accomplishments this person had. It was like on the 40, 30 under 30 list for Forbes, a, a VP of a company, blah, 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 blah. And then the last fun fact was his dad owns the company. And so there are definitely, oh, I saw that too. Yeah. <laughs> I thought yeah. that was funny, but like there are definitely ways you can get ahead just naturally based on where you are, you know, through family ties or again, your level of privilege in society. But the, what we're going to talk about, I want to say, are things that anyone can apply from ground zero. You don't have to have any connections and you can apply what Mary and I are going to talk about to building your network because I didn't have anybody I knew who worked in events. And I feel like I implemented a lot of what we're going to talk about. And that's helped me get where I am today. And I do believe it now is the power of your network. But a lot of it was things that I initiated and then things started rolling from there and people helped me along the way and all of that good stuff. But a lot of it was I had to start those conversations. Those people weren't going to just magically find me. So hopefully this will light a fire under your butt. But my first way that I like to build my network, and it's something I did back when I knew I wanted to jump into events to now, I do it the same. Uh, I love to offer to buy people coffee. So like to Mary's point earlier about making sure you have a goal um, and you have something that you want out of the conversation, but you want to make it worth their while for them. So for me, it would be like, will you give me, would, you know, I'd love to buy you a cup of coffee. This is more pre COVID than now, but you know, if you can give me 30 minutes of your time so I can learn about your career path and how you got to where you were now. So in my head, I'm treating them to a coffee break. They are giving me information. So that's what they're giving me, but I'm making sure that it's not, it's just an investment of their time, not out of their wallets. Um, and I would do coffees or if it was after work, I would do a happy hour and make sure that I was covering that. Um, and it didn't work all the time, but for the folks that did work, I always thought that was a nice little perk that I offered uh, for just getting people's help and being able to build my network. Mary, how about you? What's a, did you ever buy, buy people coffee? <laughs> Honestly, I was just thinking right when you said that, that almost all of my networking happens on Zoom lately. Well, so I started my business during the pandemic. So that is part of it. Like that is what happened. And that is still what happens. It's just a lot of these Zoom conversations. So when someone asks if we want to go out and get lunch or do something like that, I'm like, oh, really? Like I wasn't even going to offer that. Like I didn't even think about it. I could just have a Zoom meeting. Um, And that actually leads me to like, like how I do actually go about it because I think I do prefer the Zoom meeting. I am getting to the point where I'm like super mindful of my time. However, I want to take these opportunities to meet with people who want to meet with me and reach out to people to continue to build that network. I want to save time for it. And that time is way better spent to me on a Zoom meeting. And then if we have a great time, hit it off, then let's go to lunch after that. But if you like, cause I mean, Let's be honest. I feel like a lot of us know we get on a call with somebody and in the first five minutes, we know if we're going to click or not for the most part. <laughs> like, I feel like kind of mean saying that too, but like, I, it, that's right. what it is for me. And like, I am going to go through that conversation anyway. And even after that, I'll still follow up with that person. But in the back of my mind, I'm like, I don't know if this is like a great fit. So we'll see where this leads. But I would hate to have that happen during like an hour, hour and a half lunch meeting. You know what I mean? Sure. So, well, and you're talking about lunch. I'm talking meeting. about a coffee. You're right. In my I mind, the coffee is a little because... bit more 
a little more casual. Yeah, you're right. You're right. Um, I always go straight to the food, but absolutely. <laughs> but I think um, what I try to do is just like, yeah, kind of like you're saying, just reach reach out to people and see if they they'll be interested in talking more. And honestly, I don't know that I try too hard to to make that conversation happen. It just might happen or it might not. And if it does, then there are things you that I like to do afterward to kind of follow up. So, Logan, how do you follow up? Like once you build that kind of relationship or start the relationship, I should say, what do you do to build it? Yeah, I think, um, well, to your point of, I definitely now do more virtual things and I actually have a link that I send people for virtual coffees to hang out with me and I don't provide coffee per se, but, um, it's meant to kind of be casual. Um, so I would say a virtual aspect to what I had just said, which would help you build the relationship is after you had an initial virtual meeting and I've done this through some folks is then I will actually send them a little like gift card for Starbucks coffee so they can go get coffee on their own without me. Um, you know, five, $10. And I had somebody do that for me, which was really nice as an up and coming, um, event planner who wanted to pick my brain, um, sent me a little thank you. And that was such a nice touch. Um, so you can definitely do that. And then just keeping in touch. Um, like I said, I think a lot of people believe that if you put yourself out there, then people will just come to you, but you, you have to honestly kind of constantly be doing that, especially as an event pro, especially in like what you and I do where we own our own businesses, or if you're listening to this and you're a freelancer and you want to know how do you get gigs, like you kind of need to make those initial connections and then you need to keep kind of nudging and just jumping into people's inboxes every so often, um, and kind of reminding them that you're there. Again, I wouldn't do it in a nagging way. We've all received those like LinkedIn messages from people trying to get a hold of you for something completely irrelevant to what you do. So not that, but like to your points earlier, Mary, of doing homework and things, I'll be like, I saw this great article about your organization, or I saw this, you know, we talked about this food thing. Here's, you know, a follow-up to this food thing I think is relevant to something you and I were talking about. Um, or my favorite of just checking in to see how they're doing and if they have any upcoming event needs, you know, or following up on who they might have said they were going to potentially introduce you to. Um, mm -hmm. But making sure you're just continuing that conversation and not nagging and sending a bunch of emails, you know, in a row. But like every couple of months, I try to set reminders for certain folks that I need to just continue to keep talking to um, so that you can keep that conversation going and it's just not a one off, you know, from your network. Yeah. And that's something that I feel like I've learned the hard way is, is what you just ended with. With So it's not just a one-off because think about that. That's like really not a good use of your time. Like if you're going to take the time to meet with that person, you need to try to build the relationship or maybe you shouldn't have met with them in the first place just because like really make it worth your while. You know, if you're going to do it, got to do it. Like, <laughs> yeah. And so I love that you said that. And it's so true um, because yeah, I found that like the biggest thing I can do is a second outreach. Like after we've met, we've talked that next, the next thing. And the next thing sometimes, I love the examples that you gave. Sometimes for me, it's been like, um, I really like to attend like these hosted buyer experiences. We have a whole episode about um, attending these hosted buyer experiences that we can link in the show notes. And so if I get invited to one that's well known, like IMAX or something like that, I'll reach out to that person that I talked to that's a planner or supplier and be like, oh, hey, I'm just curious. Are you going to go? Um, so something that's like a really laid back question, but it kind of keeps it on the forefront um, or um, sending the I mean, Logan, it's great to use this podcast as an excuse. Let's be honest. So friends, as you're listening to this, you could say, by the way, did you hear that episode on the Better Events podcast and send them a link? There you go. We just gave you gave you a way to follow up with people. <laughs> There you go. <laughs> yeah. yeah. 
Yeah, I'd love to jump back to to just still like the building of the network part, because um, I think, Mary, you have some good examples of this, but kind of empowering our listens, listeners to know that like, don't be afraid of the cold outreach. Again, you know, at networking events, I get intimidated going up and talking to new people. It's scary and it's hard. And I still to this day, that's like something I'm constantly working on. Um, but I do want to encourage listeners because um, another way that I built my network and I mentioned bad LinkedIn messages, um, but I've actually gotten a couple of connections and folks that I've added to kind of my um, network through LinkedIn. And one of the ways I did this and specifically some of this was my uh, like sporting events I went on LinkedIn and I actually searched by job title for people that I'd worked with at another event um, using the same verbiage and trying to search for some upcoming events in 2023 and beyond and sent people some cold LinkedIn messages. But I tried to personalize it. Like I said, I did my homework, you know, got their name right, got their got where uh, organization they were working for right, and essentially asked to connect, said a little bit of what I did, and I'd love to have a call with them. And I probably sent out about 10 inquiries and I had four people get back to me, two that have now turned into like very legit warm leads for potentially roles at these events, which is really cool. And like you said, Mary, you know, really quickly, if you gel with some of these people from hopping on a call and just having talked to them, they know I'm a normal person. You know, they've seen me on video. Um, I feel like that's helped. Again, they haven't turned into anything, but I've had past events that I have literally gotten them because I did some cold outreach where maybe one day those guys might have found me on their own. But I often think this is like where you need to kind of nudge and be constantly trying to expand your network versus just waiting for people to come to you. And yeah, it's been similar for me, like reaching out to someone on LinkedIn or email and it's it's just gotten a lot more targeted and that's brought more success. So like, you know, I do I do a lot of fundraising events. So reaching out to a fundraising consultant that I see on LinkedIn and I'm like, hey, I see that you're involved with the fundraising world. Um, I do fundraising events and just love to chat fundraising. Would you be open to talking sometime? Um, in most cases they do say yes, which is, which is really nice. And so then we chat. And one of the things that I like to do is afterwards send them, um, I've created like a one pager, like business resume. And I just, maybe I need to be, I'm not like super salesy, right? So maybe this is not a good tactic, but I send it and I'm like, just in case you ever need it, you can file it away so you can refer to my services if you need them. And it's great because sometimes they'll follow up later and like, it's crazy. You just never know like what's going to come of your interactions because it'll be like two or three months later. And I didn't think they even remembered anything about me. And they're like, oh, I have this potential lead for you. And I'm like, really? Okay, <laughs> awesome. So yeah. you just really never know. So yeah, but but I, yeah, getting in the door might seem hard to building your network, like starting that conversation, but it's really just a simple ask. And, the, and we've talked about this before on the podcast, but the worst people can say is no. And so it, there's not a lot of risk. Yeah. And that's what I think it's it's the big one is and I mean I I just like pinch myself for some of these of people who've gotten back to me that I'm like it worked, but we wouldn't have yeah. known if I'd never reached out. Um so yeah, I highly encourage you my version of of like you have a business resume, my, one of my other tips for folks would be um it is really helpful I like to send my resume to some folks when I ahead of our call so if I get them to respond, mm -hmm. okay, now we're back and forth, we find a time and then I just say I just attach it in my head, it's for context, but I'm just like, hey, for your reference. And that usually helps specifically if you're talking about a, a job or a role or something you're interested in. But like Mary, you just mentioned, you don't know what they need it for. At least it's in their inbox. If they don't remember, they can at least if they remember your name or if they search for something, it'll come up. Um, and I found that's really helpful because, again, for context for me, it does save some of that ice breaking with them because they'll be like, oh, I saw you worked 
at blah, 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 or you did this, or like I have interests on my resume and it's like, and see you like checks mix. Let's talk about that. <laughs> um, I've yeah. had a couple of people randomly quote my like about me page on my website, which I always laugh that I've to me, I'm always like, oh, that means you actually read it all. That makes me so happy. <laughs> mm -hmm. um, but yeah, having some of that fun facts, but sharing something tangible with them to help them remember you, whether you do that before, that's my tactic usually, or like Mary doing it after. But the con, you know, I feel like the consistency here is you and I are both sharing something, <laughs> additional information for that person to try to help remember you. Um, and then I know one more just kind of for building your network, a more passive way, a little less targeted of going out one on one. Um, that I've gotten leads from, so whether I've found new people to work with or I found new clients, um, is just being consistent on social media. I feel like this is an easier – it's easier said than done. So for me, the strategy I used is I make YouTube videos and we have this podcast. And by having both of those things, I have made it now a part of my habit. Every week I need to post one day about my YouTube video, one day about our podcast. And just having that consistency, I ended up having an anecdote. I had a, someone message me on Facebook saying they their friend needed help at a virtual event. And this was like a year and a half ago. And this is someone I hadn't spoken to for years directly, but we were Facebook friends. And so the only way she would have associated virtual events and me was because I had been posting at that time, mainly my YouTube videos because we uh, ha just started the podcast. But just because I'd been posting them, she'd seen them. She hadn't even commented or really liked them or anything, but she'd seen them so that when her friend asked, she thought of me. And then that turned into an event lead that now I've done several events. And Mary, you've been brought in on some of those projects. So it's something that in my head, it like blew my mind that this person yeah. who didn't necessarily interact with my post, but because I was doing it, it was just, oh, every time they saw it, they're like, oh, virtual, that's Logan. That's exactly what you want in whatever your niche is. Um, so again, I wasn't targeting this person, but by doing that on my channels, um, that was a way that I could build that network. Yeah, I think that's so cool. Um, and and I've heard that story from you before, and I'm always like, really? And it worked? Like, it totally, <laughs> there's success. There is success for sure. So you got to show yeah. up. Yeah. yeah. And then I was thinking like some other resources for folks and, um, you know, besides link LinkedIn and social media, there's lots of Facebook groups for event professionals, like so many. <laughs> and just so join them, get part of the conversations. Um, what else is there, Logan? There's like a lot of Slack communities as well. Like if you join yeah. groups on LinkedIn or Facebook, sometimes they have a Slack community. All of these things are free, by the way. So just like join them, find a group that you like, <laughs> and then start reaching out to people. Uh, are there any others out there, Logan? I feel like those are the big one. I also have utilized Meetup. Um, this one has been more for a network building, um, more on a personal level uh, per se. But again, I've gotten stuff professionally that has come from personal. But like a, I'm a part of this group called the Girl Boss. It's a Girl Boss Seattle group. And it's all women entrepreneurs out of Seattle that I found on Meetup. So essentially, you can find groups. And that's like another social channel that's free usually to join and find people. There's always different ways. So hopefully you feel a little encouraged right now about how you can build your network. I know Mary and I both have seen like the financial impact of having built our network. Um, and I feel like we haven't said this yet, which I'm surprised this far into our episode. But one of Mary's made great point earlier too, is don't be afraid to network with people who do the same thing as you. We talk about on this podcast all the time, community over competition. And I think some people think it's counterintuitive and I've experienced it by reaching out to some folks who do what we do and getting a little pushback. They're like, I don't know why we'd want to, you know, I'm not sure what I could help you with, but yeah, maybe we'll meet or, you know, maybe they can't. But for the ones that have said yes, you know, and are in that kind of camp of community over competition, there's always something you can learn from someone else who does what you do, if not to build your own network and just 
you know, let them know that you're around and you can help out on their events or to refer work as we all get busier and busier. Um, those have been some of my strongest connections. And, you know, the podcast came out of some of that networking with people yeah. who do what you do. So you never know. <laughs> we are a success story. So let us be your example. But I, yeah, Logan, that's a great place. That's a great, like, if you haven't listed anything else, listen to this. Network with people who might be viewed as your competition because in reality, they might be your your greatest allies. <laughs> Aww. Aww. But it's so true. <laughs> it's true. I, I mean, I get probably at least 50% of my business from other planners. So there you go. Like, just try it. You'll find people uh, that are all about that community over competition mindset. Now it is time for our bonus tip from Logan. Yeah. So this bonus tip is actually a shout out because I recently did these with a photographer I met through that women entrepreneur girl boss group uh, from Meetup. So it was from a network um, opportunity. Uh, but this is my reminder to don't forget to update your headshots or your profile pictures that you might have on your LinkedIn, on your company website that you use to send to events as your you know speaker profile or your credential photo. Um, I recently just retook some headshots with a photographer, a friend of mine, and it was an investment, but I will say it was incredibly worth it. I changed into a lot of different outfits. You're going to see some new pictures of me circulating around. Um, it was incredibly worth it since my last photos I feel like I've been using are from like 2018, which doesn't feel that long ago, but uh, I would encourage you every couple years to get in the habit of doing it. The easiest DIY way, you can just have a friend take it for you on an iPhone, but I would encourage you to actually have a photographer. It was really fun to uh, mm -hmm. have someone kind of coaching me on positioning and backgrounds and all that good stuff. Now I need to go redo my headshot. So thank you. <laughs> thank you for that, Logan. Great bonus tip. And thank you everyone for listening to another episode of the Better Events Podcast. We will, of course, be here weekly. So we will see you next Wednesday. But first, make sure you follow us on Instagram at Better Events Pod and on Twitter, LinkedIn, all the good stuff. But lastly, please do not forget, if you're interested in the Event Pros on the Go 2023 retreat, Email us at bettereventspod at gmail.com and I will be happy to send you more information. We hope that you can join us at the end of March. So thank you again, everyone, and have a great week. Mm -hmm.